podcast for the seventh Sunday of Easter, Year A. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down on me to change my life around. I will come back to you, and your hearts will be full of joy, says the Lord. I want to concentrate today on just two of the readings, one from Acts, which is in chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. We're all joined in continuous prayer, particularly with Mary. And we have the final discourse from John at the Last Supper. Here we find a new definition of the Holy Spirit. Our prayers begin with Father Donald Gergen. Eternal Word, Jesus Christ, life-giving gospel, empower us, strengthen us, teach us, guide us. Help all that we do and all that we seek deepen within us and nourish our contemplative Christian lives. Amen. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. And through the power over all mankind that you have given him, let him give eternal life to all those you have entrusted to him. And eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth and finished the work that you gave me today. Now, Father, it is time for you to glorify me with that glory I had with you before ever the world was. I have made your name known to the men you took from the world to give me. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, at last they know that all you have given me comes indeed from you. For I have given them the teaching you gave to me, and they have truly accepted this, that I came from you, and have believed that it was you who sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and in them I am glorified. I am not in the world any longer, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. two excerpts chosen from today's scripture are very important in understanding the ascension and how we could react to it with love, truth and joy, like the apostles and Mary. 
This is a time of ending and a time of new beginning, and both can be stressful, even traumatic. Luke chose the ascension to be the last event in his gospel and the first point in his account of the Acts of the Apostles, showing how significant this time after the resurrection is to Mary and the eleven apostles who are all named here. Mary makes the apostles into a whole group again, the number being twelve once more. In many ways, we look at Mary during May, particularly with pilgrimages to Lourdes, being planned and completed. She's the one who completes our journey to Jesus. She's been with him every step of the way and beyond. Today, we still see her as one who can support us in times of stress or family struggles, in sickness and in health, providing a means of prayer and intercession. Let's not forget our Blessed Lady was present with Jesus in all of this. The Gospel provided by John is all about the final prayer of Jesus on earth as a man, a time that is historically defined containing spatial limits and boundaries. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a human being like us with biological limitations. He had to eat, sleep and grow from child to adults. He was taught by Mary and protected by Joseph. He also had a spiritual side like us. He could create stories, speak about God, worship in the temple and pray alone. He also died in Jerusalem. This prayer is said the night before, at a point during the Last Supper, after Judas had left. So Jesus is speaking to the named eleven apostles and Mary. He says, the hour has come. What do you think he meant by that? And did it add significance to what he was about to say next? What comes next is a truly amazing revelation about his love for God and all who the Father has given to him. Who can these fortunate people be? It has to be his friends on the road, Mary, Joseph, the Apostles, all those converts in the Acts of the Apostles disciples in every century since then and don't forget yourself in the request Jesus makes on our behalf. The prayer describes how he wants to bring eternal life to all of us. In case we're all confused about this he explains what eternal life is. Jesus calls eternal life his joy and his truth living in each person. He wants all to be one, like the Father is in the Son, and how he is in his disciples. He wants all to know the Father as the true one God, and to know Jesus Christ. How can we know them? During his lifetime, Jesus did his best to reveal the Father to anyone he met. He did this by his words, by his actions, by his teaching. He also prayed for everyone in the synagogues, alone or with his apostles. He finally made a promise to send the Holy Spirit to complete the work he had started and gave the task to his disciples to carry on with his message about the Kingdom of God. 
The primary function of the apostles from the new beginning of the ascension was to bear witness to this, to Christ's resurrection and the whole of his public life. The story in the gospel looks back to the earthly life of Jesus. The story in Acts looks to the future, to the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was the first offering after Jesus had been taken up to a new level of existence with the Father. The ascension doesn't mean that space and time cease to exist or that Jesus is travelling into deeper space like some lost astronaut called Major Tom. It means we have to look at the ascension in a different way and think of Jesus moving out of space and time into the dimension of God's being. Think of a flat square and a cube. The cube gives a third dimension to the square, but the square still exists. This new life after the ascension allows Jesus to be even more fully present to the apostles and us. Their response as his final promise of being clothed with power from on high was one of great joy and expectation. They were continually in the temple praising God as well as in the upper room. If you read a little further into this chapter from John, you'll come across the real crux of what it was that Jesus wanted for all of us, and it's incredible to hear it. We have already heard the phrase, taken up into heaven. And if it's not the stars and outer space, what is it? Jesus explains eternal life one more time. Listen to this prayer. Jesus says this is what he wants as he pleads from the Father, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I also in them. Well, that is worth repeating. That the love with which you loved me may be in them and I also in them. Isn't that the best ever definition of the Holy Spirit you have ever heard? This week, leading up to Whit Sunday, might be a good time to ponder on the possibilities offered by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray for a new recognition of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps a concentration on how any one of these might be of benefit to our lives at work or help within our family or church life. The risen Christ has no limits, no boundaries, no definitions that can restrict his gifts, so we can ask in confidence for any new outpouring of wisdom, understanding, right judgment, fortitude, knowledge, awe or reverence before God that we might need and then just wait in joyful hope and praise in one with Mary and the Apostles as though we are in the upper room with them in that week before Pentecost.
Spirit come down on me and change my life around.